Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Well, hey there, my friend. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and you are listening to episode 186 of the Wannabe Clutter Free Podcast. On today's episode, I'm looking at decluttering resolutions, and yes, that is a play on words. I want to talk about both why resolutions don't work and what I've started to do instead and how we can reach our decluttering goals in order to get the organized home you want. I'm going to be talking about what I've done in the past and what I'm planning to do this year because even after all the work I've put into our home, it still isn't quite where I want it to be. However, before I get ahead of myself, I do want to make sure I say a big thank you to you for joining me today. I know life is busy, and so I will continue to do my best to give you concrete information that you can take with you today to alleviate some of that hectic nature of motherhood, and it's not just from me, but from a whole myriad of guests. My goal is to inspire you into action so that you can reach your goals and fully step into the person that you want to be, because You can listen to me talk about this stuff, but until you actually do something with the information you learn, whether it's on this podcast from me or anywhere else, you will not feel the benefits for yourself. And I know you can do this, and I am here to help you. And I also want to help any friends or family in your life that need to hear this message as well. So feel free to share this podcast with them. Plus, when you share this show, you can get an accountability partner to join you on your journey to an amazing life with less stuff. So thank you again for sharing the show from the bottom of my heart. Okay, that's enough housekeeping today. Let's get back to today's topic and discuss decluttering New Year's resolutions. So the first thing I want to talk about actually is kind of the history of resolutions. And I'd been doing a lot of research for this show, and it turns out that the New Year resolution is not a new concept. It's not actually a modern concept. 
In fact, historians date this turn-of-the-year goal-setting ritual all the way back to the Babylonians about 4,000 years ago. And while resolutions are now a more secular custom, historically, they were promises made by humans to their gods. And in fact, the Babylonians celebrated the new year at the beginning of spring, so it was a pagan holiday for them then, but it was actually Julius Caesar who moved the start of the calendar to January. He named the first month after the Roman god Janus, whose two faces looked both backward at the year in the past and forward to the year ahead. And that was actually in 46 BC. And that is the start of our custom of taking stock in the year that just ended and setting goals for the coming year. So it was really interesting knowing this information because I think when you understand that, it's easier to see why more and more people actually break their resolutions each year. It's incredibly difficult to keep our promises to ourselves, especially when there is very little at stake when we fail. After all, failing at a resolution means that nothing changes. Life keeps going on how it is right now, so there is no fear of the unknown to contend with. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't make resolutions or at least goals and have an idea for how we want to better our life. And we'll talk about what I do, like I said, instead of resolutions, because I don't necessarily think that big goal is a good idea because it is easy to fail. And then the more you fail, the harder it is to make that resolution, the harder it is to um, have integrity with yourself and stick to those goals. So let's look at some of the statistics around resolutions because this was also surprising in my research. Um, I was actually most surprised to learn that people ages 18 to 35 are most likely to make resolutions with 59% of that age group participating versus just 19% of those older than 55. After I thought about it, though, it did make sense, right? When we're younger, we have these bigger goals, I think, for our life. And as we get older, we either settle in and are content with where we are, or we realize we've already made those resolutions and failed time and time again, so we're not willing to keep doing it. So that was one of those uh, caveats and pitfalls I was just talking about. I also found it really interesting that 54% of parents with children have New Year's resolutions, which is 1.6 times more than those who don't have kids. So it's almost like that that younger heart stays with us, right? And so our kids are making resolutions. They're talking about it. We're more likely to make those resolutions as well if you have children. Now, of course, the most popular goals, according to one study, when it came to resolutions, and this is actually a new study, so I think it was from 2023, uh, the top three were improvement in health, right? It had to deal with our health. So 48% wanted to improve their fitness, 38% wanted to improve their finances, and 36% wanted to improve their mental health. The interesting thing I see about that shift, though, is it's not lose weight, it's not drop a dress size, it's improving your fitness. Because there were some more about um, eating healthier and losing weight. We're actually four and five, I think. But um, I just thought that was interesting that it's improving our fitness and improving our finances and improving your mental health. So I thought those were a positive uh, trend as opposed to a more drastic resolution. All right, so what about those failure statistics? Because this is what we hear all the time, right? How long do New Year's resolutions last? How many people fail? What is that all about? Well, 43% of all people are expected to fail 
their resolution before February, and almost one out of four quit within the first week. So that's 25% quit within the first week of setting a resolution. Now, most people definitely quit before the end of January, and only 9% of people see their resolutions through until succession. Now, here's the interesting thing, though. The study that had these statistics was counting people's resolutions like two years in the future. So it was like a bunch of people would fail January and February, but it was like in order to be successful, you had to be successful forever. And I just thought that seemed really uh, difficult because, again, I guess it's just if it's a goal that you're trying to set to lose weight, once you get there, does that count? I mean, I know obviously the goal is to keep it off. So that's why I think these new resolutions of improving are better than having these really stark ones that have an end date because then again, when does that actually get met? So do keep that in your mind when you're thinking about these statistics as well. But this one I thought was really interesting. There's a running and cycling app called Strava and they actually have a day named Quitter's Day because it is the day that the most people quit their resolution. Do you want to take a guess when it is? It's not the second day, which was, um, there was a book I read about finishing what you start. And that was actually the day where most people would quit in that book was like day two. Like they never even, didn't even hit their goal on day one. So they didn't even come back on day two. But this one actually is the second Friday of the month. That is the day that most people quit and they name this Quitter's Day. So let's talk about how we can deconstruct resolutions so that we actually meet the goals and the intentions we set for ourselves. Because I do think it's very important. For me, that is learning and doing new things and um, striving to be better is actually one of the things that makes my life exciting and interesting and makes me want to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, So I do think goals and resolutions have a place in our life, right? If we didn't, people wouldn't be listening to this show. We wouldn't want to declutter. You wouldn't want to make your house better. You wouldn't want to get organized. You wouldn't want to figure out how to save time and be able to clear the chaos in your life and do all the things that you want to do, knowing there are ways to make things better, right? If we have problems, there are ways to solve them. So I do think it is really important that we do set a higher purpose for ourselves or set these intentions and being really, like I said before, having integrity with ourselves to show up day after day um, and work toward where we want to be. But the reason most resolutions don't work is because we set unrealistic goals. We have a lack of planning. We have an all or nothing mentality. We don't start at the best time. And so I want to walk you through a few examples I've had in my life when things didn't work. Now, I do think we need to set specific checkpoints, specific markers in order to reach our goals. Because when you say, like, I want to declutter my whole house, well, what does that look like? Are you trying to do that in one big weekend? That to me is an unrealistic goal. How long have you lived in your house? Well, it's, you're not, most likely it's been years. And if that is the case, then it's not going to be fixed in one weekend. You're not going to be able to solve it in 48 hours. But we can set things in place, set things in motion so that you will hit that goal and it will be more sustainable. Lack of planning. So many people say like, okay, 
come the new year, I'm going to, I'm going to start eating better, right? I'm going to start decluttering. Let's go back to decluttering because again, I this show focuses on decluttering and organizing. So let's bring it all back to that. So lack of planning. If your goal is to declutter your home, first off, how much do you want to declutter your home by? Let's set that first goal, right? I'm going to declutter 50 things from each room in my house. I'm going to declutter 10 things from each room in my house. But then the next part of that is what am I going to do with these things? This is where so many people get tripped up and they just end up moving stuff around their house or they stack it all in their garage and they make a bigger mess and then you have to deal with it in a few months, right? So then they just pile it in their garage and then that gets filled up. So then they have to go back and they have these boxes that they haven't looked at for months and then they kind of start over. So again, lack of planning, not knowing what you're going to do with the things when you have them. So are you going to list them on your local buy nothing group? Are you going to just take them to a donation center? You know, join your local buy nothing group. See if it's a very active group. See if people are picking things up on time. See if you're getting a lot of complaints in there. Research where the local donation center is to you. Uh, does it matter if it's a, you know, bigger donation center that's going to take more stuff? Or do you want to, you know, give back to a cause that's near and dear to your heart? And maybe they'll be a little more fussy on what they take, but it will make you feel better when you donate. These are the things that you need to have in line when you are planning for a declutter session so that the things don't pile up in your house. They don't get moved around from room to room. Maybe you can call somebody to come pick up these things from your house so you don't even actually have to leave. You can pile them in the garage and then when they come, you can say, these are the boxes that you take. Thank you very much. Please take them away. There are ways to make this easier on yourself. The third reason people fail at their resolutions is an all or nothing mentality. So I'm going to declutter everything in this house and it's going to be perfect and it's going to be exactly how I want it to be or I fail. And that really sets you up for a world of hurt because life happens and sometimes things are a little more difficult than we expect them to be. And so they might take a little bit longer. It might be harder to let go of that thing that you really were shocked that it was so difficult. And so if you have this all or nothing mentality, it can really defeat defeat you before you even start. So let's go back to that goal of saying we have 10 things in each room that we want to declutter. Fantastic. What happens if you get to nine in one room and you really are coming up against that wall? Well, give yourself a little grace and say, okay, I'm going to find another room where I can take 11 things, right? Your goal of getting 20 things out is still there. You took nine from one room, 11 from another that's okay. That's still a win. Even if you only got five things out of each room, still a win because you are doing better than you did before. So any progress is better than no progress at all. So let's really let go of that all or nothing mentality. And then the other one I want to talk about is it not being the best time to start. So right now, this week, everybody is harping on you, all the magazines, all the news programs, all the social medias, everybody, this podcast even, I've joined in and I'm saying the reason I've joined in is because I know everybody's giving you this information and I want to be a voice to help you kind of if you're not quite ready to start on your resolution because maybe now is not the best time to start. For me, this week is not the best time for me to start. Our daughter is still at a school. I actually caught a cold over the holiday break, so I'm not even feeling that great. You can hear it in my voice, I'm sure. And so for me to start something that is outside of the norm, 
outside of my comfort zone that's really going to stretch me, this is not the best week for me to do that. Next week, when she's back in school, I have a little more breathing room, things are back into our regular routine, that would be a better time for me to start. But to be honest, I actually have a summit coming up at the end of January. I'm super excited about it. It is a ton of work. It is the first time I'm doing it. So I am learning and growing so much in this process. So honestly, any resolutions for me in January, not a good time, right? I need to wait for February actually to do any resolutions for myself that are above and beyond the work of the summit because I don't have the capacity right now to really change my life and turn it upside down if I'm trying to do big things. But I can do small things, and we're going to talk about that as we get a little further on. So let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what I'm doing this year instead of creating resolutions. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair. And to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. All right, welcome back. 
So the one thing I want to talk about instead of doing resolutions is creating small, sustainable habits because the power of small changes is incredible. What happens when you say, let's go back to the goal of decluttering our home and we want to cut what we own by 25%. That is actually kind of a goal of mine this year, but I'm not going to say that I'm going to do it in one big weekend. It's going to be a small, sustainable change that I'm going to work on throughout the year. Now, these small habits will add up. And honestly, I have really come to believe that making small changes over time is actually the only way that you're going to be able to make progress in your life. It's the only way that it's going to be sustainable because it doesn't create a giant upheaval in your life. And when things create upheaval, you either can go two ways. Sometimes upheavals are unplanned, right? These are going to be those catastrophic things that happen in our life that we that cannot be planned for. A fire in our home, the loss of a loved one, these kinds of things. Obviously, when those happen, big changes are going to happen. But you know what else happens? It's very stressful. And all those other things, right? Like your health suffers, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, obviously, all of that suffers when we have these big upheavals. So when we are making actual conscientious change and wanting to do something different, taking these small habits, like forming small actions that we can do regularly are way more effective because it doesn't create that big upheaval. We can just kind of work them in. And honestly, when you try to go against what you already have ingrained in you, you will run out of willpower Your brain just automatically will shut down. It will go to other places. So let's say you're wanting to do something big and one of the guilty pleasures you'd given up was watching TV or going on social media. Well, when you are tired, your brain is going to want to go to that place, that place of comfort, that place of just escapism versus sticking with your habit, right? Okay, so that is why small changes are so important, and that is actually what I'm going to be working on this year. So if my big goal is to declutter 25% of the things in our home, I will take one small, teeny tiny little micro section of our home and declutter 25% of those things. So I actually just put away our holiday decor. Very exciting. Like, you know, did it right on time, New Year's Day. We were watching some bowl games. I took down our Christmas tree. I put down, put our away our ornaments. I actually counted the stuff we had. We had 135 ornaments. I got rid of 10 of them, which I know is definitely not 25%. I can do the math. But um, I had actually gotten rid of an entire box of ornaments a year ago. So I counted that as a win. It was definitely some ornaments. My goal was I have two bins of holiday decor. So my goal was to fit everything back in those two bins without having to squeeze anything in. So it all fits in there. There's a little bit of breathing room now in both bins. And for me, that was the win. So uh, I got rid of 35 items total, which I think was about 20%. So again, back to that all or nothing goal, right? My goal was 25%. But again, I live somewhat clutter-free the bin situation wasn't going to change if I got rid of a few more items because I wasn't going to get rid of a full bin. So I have two holiday bins, everything fit in there, and it's nice and easily, easy, breathable, 
very comfortable. I felt very comfortable putting it away. And so that was a big improvement for us. So those are the kinds of things I will be working on throughout the year. So every day I'm going to try to find one area in our home that I can micro declutter. So it might be my desk, right? So I might count all the things that are on my desk and say, okay, I'm going to get rid of 25% of these things. It might be the kitchen utensil drawer. It might be my sock drawer. Like all of these places definitely have things I can declutter. I'm actually really excited about doing my sock drawer as I say that out loud, just because I know there's socks in there. Um, I asked for socks for Christmas and I got some. And so I know there's socks in that drawer that have been hanging on for dear life, waiting for my replacements that I am ready to get let go of and move into either um, rags and scraps or recycle them. So these are the things that I will be doing. And over time, if I do a little by little by little, those changes will be made and I will be able to declutter our home quickly and easily. And you know, it's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be in one weekend, but I will start to feel the change, the positive change as we go. And here's the other thing I've discovered when you kind of change your environment. As a human, you adjust so quickly and easily to what is around you, to your environment, to things. It's insane how quickly we adjust. So when I make a change, within a couple weeks, I'm already used to that change. It doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't have the same positive impact on my life as the days continue forward. So if we were to do a giant declutter in our house and we cleaned everything out in one weekend, first off, we would be exhausted. But secondly, the positive impact of that would be big and it the la- you know kind of the ramifications of that would be lasting, but after a while you get used to it. So you don't start to get that little dopamine hit that you're excited about. It gets less and less every time you walk into the space. You just start to get used to your environment. It's unfortunately just a human quirk we all have. But when you're making little changes over time, you're going to get that positive dopamine hit. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I, I did that. I hit that goal. And you know, you're going to see that change the next day. And then you're going to work on some other place. Then you're going to see that change the next day. And so that will continue as you are make, making your way through your goal and changing how you're doing things. Okay, so that's the power of small changes and building habits for success because we want to build in habits that align with our long-term goals. So if my goal is to have less clutter in our home, then my habit is micro decluttering one section, one teeny tiny place in my house every single day. And again, giving myself grace to put in some excuse cards, right? Like just kind of get out of jail free cards, right? Because I know every day I'm not going to be able to do it. There are going to be days where I forget, where it gets away from me, where uh, I get sick, I don't want to do things, we're out of town, all these kinds of things. So I will build in get out of jail free cards that kind of give me a free pass on that day. And I probably will say I can use one a week or I can build them up and I can use five a month or something. Um, so it's just it's just a way for me to stay within you know that integrity space and say like, okay, I understand. I'm not going to do this every day. Again, this is that all or nothing mentality. I don't do that anymore. And this is how I can move past that. 
Because again, I don't want to miss too many days in a row. I don't want to give myself a complete and utter out, but I do want to make sure that I have room for error, right? Because I'm human and, and that's just how things go. All right, so let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about setting those realistic goals. Um, I have a couple other tips for you on that. And so I'm excited to share that. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Okay, welcome back. So let's talk about setting these goals because if we go back to the beginning where I was talking about how the goals this year really transitioned from these really harsh goals of lose five pounds, start a diet, cut out carbs, cut out sugar. They went to improve fitness, improve finances, and improve mental health. I think it really is a reflection on where we have come and how the last few years have kind of knocked us all on our behinds. But it also is a positive goal. So research shows that you are more likely to accomplish a goal that is specific and based on doing something instead of avoiding something. So can I say that again? And so you want to be doing something. You want to be making a change instead of cutting something out or avoiding something. So if one of my goals is to cut back on the things coming into my home, because I know once something is in my home, it is harder to get it out of my home. So if I'm decluttering and cutting out 25% of the things that we have in our home, but I'm also at the same time limiting the number of stuff that comes into my home, that's going to help me reach my goal of having a more organized home with less clutter. But instead of saying, I won't, I'm going to avoid shopping, I will now say, I am going to have one day a week that I go run all my errands. 
And that day I will allow myself to not have to work as much or I will, you know, I will cut out of work a little bit early so that on this day I can actually go run all of my errands and it will cut back on the impulse purchases that I make and it will cut back on the amount of running around I have to do. So I'm going to have to put less uh, miles on my car. I'm going to use less gas and all those kinds of things. Plus I have one day for planning. We can save up all of our requests and all of our shopping lists for this one day and then I can just go knock it out really easily. That is a way for me to do something instead of avoid something. Another way that I like to set goals or, you know, reach these milestones that I want is to actually focus on who I want to be. This was from another book I read. I think this is from Atomic Habits. And I in the book, if it is, it was James Clear that talked about the goal of, I think it was Olympians, right? Everybody's goal is to get a gold medal. Well, only one person is going to get the gold medal. So only one person is going to reach that goal. But in order to reach that goal, you have to become the person who can win a gold medal, right? So you have to put in the effort to get there. So just reaching the goal really shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. What you need to think about instead is focusing on who you want to be and the things you need to do and the things that type of person would do. So if I want to get in better shape, instead of a goal of working out 30 minutes a day, I might start my day by asking, what would someone who is healthier eat? And then eat that. What would someone who's fitter do after school drop-off? Well, perhaps a fitter person would take an extra walk around the block. So then I'm going to go ahead and do that. These small changes add up over time, and they make a positive difference every day. So what would someone who's organized do? Well, maybe they would plan out their week on Sunday. Maybe they would create a meal plan for the week. Maybe they would have one day a week where they ran their errands so there would be less impulse buys coming into the house. Maybe they would do a no spend week. Maybe someone who's organized would uh, look at all the things they have um, and figure out a container system that works for them. Right? So there's all these little things that you can ask. What is the habit of someone who is doing the thing I want to do? Who is the person that I want to be? And then strive for the behavioral changes. Don't strive for that end goal. Don't say, I want an organized house. Well, because if you had somebody come in, this is why I talk about what I do and I don't actually go into people's homes and I try to teach you how to do it yourself. Because if you have someone come into your home and they just make all the changes for you, but you don't make any behavioral changes, your home will get messy again. It will hit that place where it is messy again. And you don't have the strategies in place. You don't have those behaviors in place to keep it organized and clean. So when you focus on who you want to be and those behaviors that go along with that, you will make those positive differences and changes every single day. And before you know it, you become the person you were striving to be. And so that is one of my favorite ways to actually reach my resolutions, reach my goals, and make progress along the way. Because life is like a staircase. You're going to work and work and work, and you're going to get to the next step. And then you're going to go, huh, I think I can work a little bit more. I'm I'm here now. I'm not done. And I'm going to work a little bit more. And I'm going to go to the next step. And then before you know it, you are an entire floor 
higher than you were when you first started. And so that is one of my favorite ways to actually make change in your life is work on those behaviors and those little habits and all those little things, these teeny tiny little decisions that we make every day that don't take a ton of willpower, that don't take huge changes, that don't make big upheavals in our life, and they actually allow us to become the people we want to be. Now, one of the things I want to offer you is I do have the doable dozen guide. So if you are sitting there going, this is great, but I don't even know what behavioral changes I should make. Well, I have this guide that talks about the 12 things I do every week that help keep our house tidy and actually help get me tidy as well. So one of them is a 15-minute declutter, but if you are saying, saying, oh, that sounds like a lot, well then change it and do my little micro dose, right? My little micro declutter, right? Where I say, okay, I'm going to look at this. I'm looking right now at my pencil cup. I could definitely get rid of 25% of the pencils in that cup. And so that is just one way you can do it. It would take me three minutes, probably not even that, but you know, it would just take me a couple minutes and I can get through that cup of the pencils and pens and it will feel lighter. It will be one less thing that I have to deal with. So that's one of the just dozen things on the list. So there's five daily habits and then there are seven weekly habits that really help you keep your home in order. And my favorite thing about those seven habits are you can do them all in one day. So if you are a weekend warrior and you want to do all of your chores on Saturday, it is there for you. But if you are somebody that's like, nope, I'd rather do the slow and steady. I want to do one a day. That is available for you too. You can do three of them on Saturday and four on Sunday. It's really not a big deal. And there's even a place for you to tweak them and create your own. So if you look through mine and you say like, I love that one, love that one, eh, that one doesn't fit me, great. You can make your own or just do 10 things a week or five things a week. It doesn't have to be all 12. These are the 12 things that really make a difference in our life and have really simplified things in our home. So there will be a link for that in the show notes. You can get that at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 186. Again, that's wannabe clutterfree.com slash 186. And it's a free download. So you can go ahead and just grab that super easy. um, And it'll help you kind of with these little micro, small behavioral changes that you can do uh, to start reaching your goals. If your goals have to do with organizing your house, that is kind of going to wrap up for today. But I just want to encourage you to not think of these big, crazy changes you want to make, break them down Think about why it is you really want to make these changes, what it is you really want to do, and then just see if you can make them small things that you can do every day. And if they're not, if they, if there is still kind of a big goal, is there something you can do this month? Is there some stair step or some achievement you can make this month? Or maybe if this month isn't a good month for you, like for me, you can say, okay, I'm going to take a breather and then starting on February 4th, that's when I'm able to get back to this. So that's when I'm going to start my resolutions. And you'll be more like the Babylonians who would start their resolutions in the spring. It doesn't have to be on January 1st. That's just an arbitrary fresh start date. I talked about fresh starts. They really are amazing um, for us. I will link to that episode in the show notes as well. So if you are interested in why fresh starts work, definitely check that out. But uh just remember, like break them down. Maybe it's a quarterly goal. 
Maybe it's, uh, you know, you've got until the end of May until your kids are out of school. So you've got a five-month goal you really want to work on, and then you're going to take a break over the summer. We really can work and make these fit for our life. I just want us to take a moment and have that reflection, right? Think about why it is we want to do these things. How is the time that we can fit this in? And then work it into our schedule so we actually get there and we're part of the 9% that actually hits our goals and not part of the 46% that quit within the first week, okay? All right, so with that, I wanna turn it to you. I wanna know, do you have resolutions for the new year? What are they? I would really love to know and encourage you and just cheer you on as you're trying to reach them. And if you have any questions about how to break them down or want to know how you can make small behavioral changes, come and ask me, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram or comment on this post and share it with the world. I'm wannabe clutter-free on the social channels, so you will find me on Instagram and Facebook and I think Pinterest there as well. But you also can join the wannabe minimalist family group on Facebook and share with that community. There's going to be a discussion thread for this episode, and I would love to chat with you in the comments. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. I am super grateful you are here, and I cannot wait to see what amazing things you do in 2024. Um, Speaking of that summit, that's coming up at the end of January. I will have a link to get on the wait list for you in the show notes as well. So you can jump on in and I will notify you when the tickets are available for that. It is a free summit. So you can come on in. There's going to be some amazing, amazing speakers. It's going to be a full week of learning a ton and just a really big progression for the week. So I'm so excited. It's called the Chaos to Calm Summit and you won't want to miss it. So make sure you check that out in the show notes as well. And if you made it this far, just a reminder to share this episode with someone special in your life. Um, You can also leave a rating or review for the show if you want some extra credit. It only takes a minute and means the world to me. Uh, So thank you so much for helping me out. And with that, I hope you have an amazing day, an even better new year, and just really get at it. Join me next week. I'm going to be talking about decluttering and some of my favorite decluttering advice. Um, Plus, I'll give you an update on my 25% micro decluttering and see how it's going. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to really dive into some numbers with you. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Until next time, keep decluttering, keep moving forward, make those small behavioral changes, and know that I believe in you. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. 
We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.